John chapter 18 and verse 37. Pilate, in conversation with Jesus and his trial, says, Therefore, Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? And Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Pilate saith unto him, What is truth? When he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews, and saith unto them, I find in him no fault at all. And I'm going to use... Pilate's question to preach to you today for my subject, what is truth? What is truth? I believe the Lord wants to speak to us here this morning. I feel such an anointing in this house. Would you lift your hands? Would you help me pray right now that the Lord would speak to us? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we bind every opposing spirit. In Jesus' name, let there be a free flow and a liberty of the Spirit in this house. Touch every heart, every mind, every situation. God, we are believing. We are expecting you to move and to work, to deliver and to set the captives free. In Jesus' name, let's give God some praise together. God, we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, we give you praise. We give you glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, you're worthy today, Lord. Man, you can be seated. I think it goes without saying that we are living in strange times. We are living in twisted times. And um, we live in a time where truth is relative, which means that truth is whatever you want it to be. I'm going to preach truth today. And sometimes truth is uncomfortable, and it is always confrontational. It's not passive, it's not soft, it's not easy, but it is truth. And the Bible says the truth shall make you free. Amen. I don't, you know, I, I, I cannot stand for someone to lie to me, to beat around the bush, to try to manipulate me. I want people to talk to me straight. Anybody else that way? I just want you to tell me the truth. That's what they asked Peter on the day of Pentecost. What must we do? You, you need to tell us the truth. Just don't sermonize to us, Peter. Tell us specifically exactly what needs to happen. And I believe that's how God wants to deal with us here today. We, we live in a time that there are no winners and no losers. Uh, kids at school get participation trophies. Instead of being told that you've actually achieved something, it, it matters not your level of effort. If you gave any effort at all, you're still a winner. Everybody is right and nobody is wrong anymore. No matter what side of the aisle you're on, it, we're all right and we all have our opinion and our own opinion matters more than anything else. We're living in a time where no one can fail and nobody has the wrong answer, even if each answer is completely different and not even related to what we are talking about. Everybody is a winner. We have eliminated the idea that there is a loser or that there can be something wrong. 
And now there is a much bigger problem that is at hand with all of this is being bred from. We live in a time, and I'm going to use a, a big word, and I don't have very many, when the idea of postmodernism is being shoved down our throats. It is a vast subject, but one side of it is that my opinion matters more than anything else, and my version of truth matters. That truth can be twisted, that truth can be manipulated. Hallelujah. I, I know our history is dirty. I know our history isn't pretty in places. I get that. But there's no need to rewrite history. Let history speak for itself. Praise God. And we've got some good moments and some bad moments, and let's just read it for what it is and not put my spin on it. Hallelujah. When, when truth becomes relative, a child can choose their own gender. Now, I grew up and we raised dogs and bred dogs, and I never saw a dog choose its own gender. And according to the people teaching, that's what we came from. Doth not nature itself teach us? When truth becomes relative, anything that you want to be truth can become truth. Anything that you want to believe, anything that you want to say becomes what truth is. Nobody is wrong and everybody is right and truth is self-interpreted. Amen. Whatever you think is truth. It reminds me of this scripture, everyone did that which was right in their own eyes. Whatever came into someone's mind, whatever their instinct was, whatever emotion began to surge through them, this is what I think, and this is what I choose, and this is what I choose to believe. Praise God. Everything is being twisted in the last day. Isaiah writes of this time, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Everything is being reversed in the last day. Everything is being twisted. The morality of society is being put on a shelf for progressivism. Can I preach to us here today? I feel like every time I come to this pulpit because of the hour that we are living in, I am being confronted by the spirit of this age and I am here to confront it in return. I'm going to preach truth to you today. Praise God. That there is only one kind of truth, not my version, not your version, not your mama's version, not the church across town's version, but God's truth is the only truth. What the Bible says is the only truth. Popular preacher that we used to listen to his music, I won't name his name, begin to profess and promote a religion of Unitarianism that all roads lead to heaven. That regardless of choice and regardless of lifestyle and regardless of your belief system that everybody eventually ends up at the same place. So my friend, that is simply not in your Bible. 
that is not there. What is there, Jesus says in Matthew 7 and 13, enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. I'm going to ask you something. Who would you rather let tell you the truth? Somebody you found on YouTube? Somebody you found on TBN, on TV? Or do you want the Word of God itself to speak to you? I want truth. Come on. All roads do not lead to heaven. And all ideas and concepts do not lead you to God. Hallelujah. There is everything imaginable under the sun as far as a religion of sorts online today. Any kind of belief system, any kind uh, of theology, it's all out there. It is a buffet of religion. You can pick and choose what you like and discard the rest. Life is too short to live it based on the opinions of other people. Let me tell you something, your opinion may be your opinion, but it isn't going to save you. Your mother may have had an opinion, your grandmother may have had an opinion, but those opinions aren't saving anybody. The president may have an opinion, your school teacher may have an opinion, but what matters is what God says. It is his truth that holds the world together, not the opinions of society. The writer of Proverbs 14 and 12 says, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death, meaning you can get a hold of uh, somebody's idea of truth, somebody's opinion, and it appears to be right, and it seems to be right, but on the other side of it, it leads you to death. Come on, everything that you think in your mind is not right. Can anybody admit, I know it may be hard for some of us, but everything that we think isn't right. Every opinion that we've ever had isn't correct. Can I get an amen from the honest people? Amen, life is too short to live by your own personal interpretation of what the Bible says and of what who Jesus is. 2 Peter 1 and 20, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. It doesn't matter how I see the Scripture or how the person across town sees the Scripture. But God's Word stands all by itself. It doesn't need my version and their version and your version. There's only one version. There's only one truth. It's not interpreted 17 different ways. Well, it's just confusing all the different things that are out there. God is not the author of confusion. He is truth. John 14 and 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me, hallelujah, God is truth. If you're looking for truth, you find it in God. You find it in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Satan is the father of lies. 
God's the author of truth. Satan is the author of confusion. He's the father of lies. The Bible says when he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own. He spits essentially his creation. It's like his children. It is his offspring. He is the author of deception. The Bible says that God is not a man that he should lie. God is the source of all truth. He is truth. Come on, somebody. The Bible says of God's word, thy word is truth. You've got to understand something here this morning that truth is established by God, that truth is clear cut and it is precise, that truth, regardless of how it may make me feel or make you feel, truth calls things out on the carpet and reveals them for what they are, that truth does declare a winner and a loser. That truth says who is right and who is wrong. That truth is black and white and has no gray area. There is no blurry line. That truth is solid. And truth doesn't change when opinions change. And truth doesn't change when laws are passed. And truth doesn't bend to personal opinion. And truth doesn't become antiquated and outdated. And truth doesn't need an update or a facelift, but it transcends time and truth is not what the masses determine it to be and truth is truth even if everyone else chooses to ignore it. Praise God. His word says we have all sinned. Everyone say all. Doesn't leave anybody out does it? We have all sinned and come short. What is sin? The translation there is to miss the mark. We have all missed the mark. We have all come short. First John 1 and 8 says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. I say it often, but the worst lies that we believe are the ones that we tell ourselves. If we say, if our opinion is, I'm really not that bad, I don't really have any sin, we are deceiving our own self. Amen. You've got to allow truth to eliminate every area of your life. Every person has to be willing to come to a place of honesty where you willingly admit, Jesus, I have sinned. I haven't done everything right. I've got problems. I've got issues. I've got baggage. I've got skeletons in the closet I hope nobody ever finds. But it's hard for people to get that honest in today's society. We live in a world where everyone is masquerading as something else. Even social media has allowed us to do so. We project and present an image about ourselves that we would like others to think and to believe. There, there's the public version of you and there's the private version of you. There's the image that people see at work. There's the image that people see at school. And then there's the one behind closed doors. We all have a self-image problem and it's where we see ourselves a little bit differently than what we really are. Well, I'm a good person. That's what I think. That's what I believe. That's the way that you see yourself. Maybe that's the way others see you, but how does God see us? That's what matters. And where does it say in the Bible that by simply being good, you can somehow 
be saved. And it's a popular belief nowadays. If I'm a good person, if I do more of the, the good things and less of the bad things, if I, if I do a lot more rights than wrongs, and if I can fill up this column, I, I have a higher percentage of getting into heaven. Slight problem. That's not in the Scripture. Romans 7 18, Paul writes, For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. There is no good thing in me. Jesus responds in Mark 10, 18. Jesus saith unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. Nobody is truly good. So my being good is not enough to save me. I'm preaching truth to us right now. Well, I'm religious, and so by nature, that makes me saved. Again, what does the Scripture say? Where does it say that religious people will be saved? I don't mean to be unkind, but Islamic terrorists are religious, and nobody here is convinced that they're going to be saved. I know people that are devout but live like the devil in their private life that does not make them saved. Does your religion let you live however you choose to live? That's a question only you can answer. Modern mainstream Christianity says you can live in sin and be saved. But that conflicts with Scripture. James 1.27 says pure religion. Somebody say pure religion. And undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. That means to keep yourself out of sin, to live a lifestyle free from sin. So if you want real religion, real religion does not have sin mixed into it somewhere. If you're living in sin, your religion means nothing. Bible says in John 1 and 5, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Amen. Isaiah writes in Isaiah 9 and 2, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. What is that light? It is the light of his truth shining into dark places in our world, in our life. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Amen. Truth comes to us as light. God said, let there be light, and there was light. What is light? It is the absence of darkness. Hallelujah. When God begins to speak truth into your life, the light of his word begins to shine into your life. But when I hear the word of God, it makes me uncomfortable. Why is that? When the word of the light of his truth shines into your life, it illuminates everything in me that's not right. It shows me every problem I have. It reveals to me every issue. Come on. And the reason God would allow that is to give you the opportunity to do something about it. If he's willing to shine the light of his truth into your life, it's not to embarrass you, but it's to show you we have a problem, but I have a solution to the problem. I have a way to fix it. Come on, somebody. If you're, if you're seeing things about yourself you don't like, it doesn't have to stay that way. 
Amen. When the light of truth shines on you, you've got to choose whether to go back into darkness or to stay in the light. Regardless about of what the truth shows you about yourself or about God. We find that God shines his light upon the apostle Paul. He reveals truth unto him. He shows Paul what he truly was. And here Paul was thinking, I'm religious. And I'm a good person. I'm doing all the things my society says I need to do. I'm doing all the things that my church says I need to do. You need to search the scriptures. The Bible says for in them you find life. You, if you want to know the truth, don't just sit here and take my opinion. I am not here to establish man's religion or preacher religion. Everybody in this church ought to go home and search the scripture and see what the Bible says. Come on, somebody. I don't preach things because that's just what the preacher says. What does the Bible say? Paul thinks to himself, I'm a good man, doing good things. And God says, actually, you're wrong. You're a sinner. And you're lost. And you're a murderer. And God says, this is what I want to do with you, Paul. I want you to go to people. In Acts 26 and 18, it says, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. He said, Paul, you've been in the dark a long time and I'm shining the light of truth into your life but there's others that are in darkness just like you and I'm going to send you unto them. Come on, somebody. The Bible says that Paul was blinded in the moment. But the truth is that Paul had been spiritually blind for a long time. Paul obeyed God. He repents of his sins. He's baptized in Jesus' name and receives the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says at that moment, scales fell from his eyes and he could begin to see things clearly. It's only when we obey God's word completely that the spiritual blindness begins to leave our lives. You believe in God, the Bible says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Come on, if we ever ever want to see God clearly, we've got to be willing to accept his truth and to act accordingly. I know a lot of people says, I, I, I believe in that apostolic message. I believe in that apostolic truth. But they're not willing to do anything with it. Truth does you no good if you won't let it work in your life. Truth can't save you. Truth can't help you unless you receive it and act upon it. Isaiah said, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. He saw the Lord, hallelujah. And he said, woe is me for I am undone. I'm man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts, hallelujah. He sees God for who he is. He sees truth in a glimpse. And when you see truth, you've got to do something with it. You can't just say, I, I know what the truth is. You, you've got to embrace God's truth. You've got to be willing to obey God's truth. When you see God for who he is, then you'll see yourself 
for who you are. I'm a sinner, and I need God's forgiveness. I need to change my way of living. Praise God. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest, I am a king. To this end was I born. And for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Hallelujah. Pilate saith unto him, what is truth? You've got to ask yourself today, what is truth? Am I living life according to my own version of truth? Well, praise God. Everyone that is of truth heareth my voice. Hallelujah. If you're confused about who God is today, if you're confused about who to pray to, I don't know who this is for today, but I feel it in the Holy Ghost. Isaiah 9 and 6 says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. In his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. Who is the Mighty God? The one that's coming as a son, the one that shall be born of a virgin. The mighty God, the everlasting Father. Who is the everlasting Father? The one that's coming to be born as a son of a virgin. He is the prince of peace. And of the increase of his government of peace, there shall be no end. Matthew 1 and 23 says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us, not God somewhere else, not an extension of God, not someone that looks like God, not someone that's related to God. He said, But God is going to be with us. I'm just trying to help somebody with truth today. I remember, listen, it is, it is possible to memorize truth and never get a revelation of truth. It is possible to sit in Pentecostal churches and have knowledge of truth but never get revelation. You know why it's hard for so many to give Bible studies, why it's so hard for some of us to get passionate about the kingdom of God because we have knowledge without revelation. I learned about how many gods there were before I had revelation. From the time I was a small child, we're doing that with our daughter. My parents taught me, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, one God, one Father of all who is above all, through all, and in you all. This was from the time I was a child. But I remember it was on a Sunday morning my father was preaching to me. I had knowledge of who Jesus was. I, I believed that there was one God. He began to preach from John 14. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know it whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also, and from henceforth or from this moment forward ye have known him and have seen him. Oh, it gets better than that. Philip saith unto him, and this is when light started going on in my head and revelation started coming into my mind as a boy. 
Hallelujah. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us, or it will satisfy our curiosity. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yes, thou hast not known me, Philip? He that has seen me hath seen the Father. Well, praise God. Jesus is saying, when you've looked into my face, you've looked into the face of the Father. Now, how many men here have fathers, all of you? Now, I can say this, and most of you have seen my dad. When you've seen my dad, you haven't seen me. We may bear resemblance, but when you see me, you don't see him. We're two different people. When you're around both of us, when you talk to both of us, we are different. We differ on a lot of things, as do every person. Nobody is a clone of someone else. Jesus is not saying, I look a lot like my dad. He says, when you've looked in my face, you're looking at the Father. Come on, somebody. He said, you have seen him, and from this day forward, you know him. Come on, somebody. Believe us that I am in the Father, and the Father in me Oh, praise God. Now, I don't generally use an alternate version for uh, doctrinal passages, but Colossians 1 and 15, the New Living Translation says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Hallelujah. Someone had to come to earth to be the ultimate sacrifice of sin, but the Bible says God is a spirit, and so no spirit has a body. No spirit has flesh. No spirit has blood. Hallelujah. And so God creates himself a body so he can come to earth and be the ultimate sacrifice. He said, Mary, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God will overshadow you. Come on. Come on, somebody. He is the visible image of the invisible God. Hallelujah. It says he existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything. So he existed before all things and through him, God created everything. And Genesis 1 said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so Jesus Christ is the visible manifestation of God. Come on, somebody. In the Old Testament, they did not know his name. They only knew his titles. They only knew his abilities. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is Jehovah Nisi. Come on. He is Elohim. He is the great I am. He's the bright and morning star. But in the New Testament, he makes himself visible to the entire world. And thou shalt call his name Jesus. Come on, somebody. Come on, that's who he is. That's his identifying name. Hallelujah. It says 
He made the things we can see and the things we cannot see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else. He holds all creation together. Christ is the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning. Come on, somebody. The supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything for God. In all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ and through him God reconciled everything to himself come on God robed himself in flesh in the body of Jesus Christ truth what is this all about, preacher? God's trying to shine the light of truth into someone's life. I believe there's a spirit of revelation in this room right now for someone that's struggling. I don't know if I understand all of this. I don't know if I can wrap my brain around this. You need the Holy Ghost to reveal truth to you today. I'm hurrying to a close. The religious, he said, I am truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. The religious heard his voice, but it made them angry. He told them what they really were, and because of that, they despised him and eventually killed him, and nothing has changed much in 2022. Sinners heard his voice. He confronted their sins, showed them the error of their ways, and they embraced his truth and were willing to change Hallelujah. People said, I may not live according to God's laws, but I recognize truth when I see it. But what do you do when truth confronts you? You've got to answer that question. How do you handle the truth? Do you disregard truth? Do you chalk it up to that's just their misguided opinion? Hallelujah. People that are dishonest in their own heart would rather believe their own lies than to know the truth. And if that is the place that you find yourself in, it is impossible for you to ever see God. I don't want to believe my own opinions. I don't want to believe my own version of truth. God, whatever truth is, I want you to reveal it to me. Come on, somebody. Noah preached the coming judgment of the Lord by a flood of water, and no one could believe it. Someone come to music right now. This piano he tells and declares the truth. And the masses say what Noah is preaching is nonsense. It's a lie. It's his own opinion. Give us evidence. He has no physical evidence to show them that what he is telling them is the truth. But isn't that what our world still wants? Give us proof of God's existence. Give us concrete, undeniable, irrevocable evidence we need physical evidence to prove that God exists or that the Bible is right. And yet we need no scientific proof whatsoever to prove someone's gender. We need no factual history to teach history. What is that? It's picking our own version of truth. He tells Thomas, you, you believe me, Thomas. Because I've had to give you the cold hard facts. I gave you undeniable proof. When you put your fingers through the holes, you believed. 
But Thomas, there is a blessing for those that have not seen and choose to believe. Those, there's many that are coming that are going to receive a blessing because they believe without the concrete evidence. They're never going to touch the nail-scarred hands on this earth, but they're going to believe anyway. In Noah's time, the majority of people had their own opinion, but their opinion didn't make them right. Their opinion didn't save them, and the Bible says they drowned in the flood. Only eight people made it out alive. Listen, don't base your salvation on other people's opinions. Don't base eternity based off of family traditions. I've tried to help people, but this this is just how we this is just how my family is. That's not enough to save you. Well, this is just the religion that we've always been a part of, and it's tradition. It's not enough to save anybody. What you do with truth when you hear it matters. The rich young ruler came to Jesus saying, I want want to be saved. How can I inherit eternal life? He said, obey the commandments. He said, I've obeyed the commandments since I was a boy. He said, but there's something that you're lacking. Your wealth and your power and influence is the God that you worship. Give all of that up and come follow me. And you'll find eternal life. It's hard to accept truth when you're confronted with it. That was a truth he was not willing to accept. But listen, when you hear the truth, you are then from that point forward responsible for it. I'm responsible for this today. You're responsible for what you're hearing today. Well, I, well I'm, I'm educated now, and I, I think I know what truth is and what truth isn't. Paul writes and said they are ever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Knowledge does not always equate to truth. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost working right now. John 16 and 13 says, How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, this is the Holy Ghost, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, or whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. Praise God. Without the Spirit of truth, which is the Holy Ghost, how can you know all the truth? If you don't have the Spirit of truth, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, how can you claim to know that what you believe is the truth? Come on, I want truth today. I want, I want to be what God has called me to be. I want to obey this scripture, not man's opinion. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I want what God has for me. Could it be that you've lived all these years and missed out on what God has always had for you? I'm going to tell you, you don't have to keep missing out. If somewhere back over here you believe somebody else's version of truth, we can get it right today. God has got incredible things in store for everybody under the sound of my voice. How many believe that here this morning that today somebody could turn their life around? Today somebody could be filled with the Holy Ghost. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Do you feel free? Because he wants you to be free. I feel such a burden in this house 
What should you do when you hear the truth? Well, the good place to start is looking at the Bible. Cornelius, the Bible says he was a devout man, religious. He feared God. He gave to people in need, and he prayed to God always. So by today's standards of religion, he's doing really good. But an angel appears unto him and says, God has heard your prayers, and he's sending Peter. He is sending a preacher to tell you what you need to do. In other words, he's going to tell you the truth, and you need to do something about it. So Peter comes, he preaches to them about Jesus, how he lived, performed miracles. He talks about him being crucified, dying on a cross, and rising from the dead the third day. And as he is preaching to Cornelius and his family, they are accepting the truth that they are hearing. And because of that, the Holy Ghost, the Bible says, falls upon them. And they begin speaking with other tongues. You only do that when you're filled with the Holy Ghost. And everybody in Scripture that was filled with the Holy Ghost spoke with other tongues. That's what happens when anybody receives the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful for the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's not just a feeling. It's not just faith. But when you get the Holy Ghost, signs are going to come. And you're going to speak it in a language you've never learned before. The Bible says when they had received the Holy Ghost that Peter commands them to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. They heard the truth. They realized what we've been doing is not everything God wants for us. They obeyed the truth and they received the Holy Ghost and were baptized. Come on, somebody. And if they had said, well, we're religious already. What we're doing is pretty good. And we disagree with what you're saying. Nothing that happened in that story would have ever happened. And they would have died lost. Good people can be lost, folks. Religious people will be lost. Praying people will be lost. That's God's trying to shine his truth into our lives right now. The truth is clear. The truth is evident. What will you do about the truth? Acts 2 and 38, Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. God's wanting to give some of you apostolics revelation of truth today. How many believe his word is truth? Come on. How many has received the Holy Ghost? If you have not received the Holy Ghost, I want you to know that the Holy Ghost is for everybody, that anybody can have it, and it is the greatest experience known to mankind. Would you stand all across this house? There's nothing like the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. There's nothing like being baptized in Jesus' name and having your sins washed away. See, it's one thing to get the Holy Ghost, but it's another thing to get baptized because it's at baptism that Jesus deals with my past. Anybody ever had a guilty conscience before? Anybody ever felt bad about things? And some of us lived years with a guilty conscience. That's what you need baptism for. It's at baptism 
in Jesus' name that my sins are washed away. My guilty conscience is removed. Jesus deals with my past failures. He deals with my mistakes. Come on, somebody. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, we've got a baptistry, and you need to get baptized. Come on. There's lots of ways to get baptized, but according to Scripture, according to truth, there's only one way, and that is in the name of Jesus Christ. Anybody thankful for truth here this morning? I feel the Lord trying to move in this house. Would you, would you lift your hands right now? Would you close your eyes? Would you begin to talk to the Lord? Come on, all across this room. Something is going to move right now. The Lord is going to move Something is going to happen. Would you lift your voice from front to back? Come on, don't worry about who's here. Would you help me pray just a moment? Come on, would you lift your voice, church? Come on. In the name of the Lord Jesus, come on. Somebody help me pray. Come on, lift your voice just for a moment. In the name of the Lord Jesus, give, give me a singer or two. I, I feel it trying to move in here right now. In the name of the Lord, I'm fixing to give you an opportunity to respond, but right there at your pew, would you just begin to talk to God? God, I want what you have for me. I don't just want my own version of truth. I don't want to just believe my own opinions. I don't want to just do what's been traditional for me and my family. I don't want to continue to repeat the mistakes in my past. But God, if there's more than what I know, if there's something I have not done before, God, I want your truth. Come on, the Holy Ghost is here right now. Come on, one more time. Would you just lift your hands to the Lord? Begin to talk to him. Come on, in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. He's in this house. He's in this house. He's in this house. This is what I want us to do right now. This is what I want us to do. The Holy Ghost is here. And God wants to minister to everybody under the sound of my voice. And no, what I have preached is not for two or three. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. Now, whether you come here all the time or whether you're a guest, if this is your first time, you've been here a few times, it doesn't matter. I want us to make a move this morning like one big family. So I want you to turn to somebody in your pew if there's someone there. And I want you to invite them. So I want you to come to the front with me. God's going to do special things for us here at this altar. Come down to the front with me. God's going to move in our lives. God's going to talk to us. God's going to touch us. Come on, let's begin to gather around this front. If you're physically able, whether this is your first time or you're, you're a regular, would you come around the front with us just for a moment? We're going to give Jesus a chance to work in our lives right now. Come on. Come on, there's plenty of room up here. Let's make our way out of the aisle. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, there's room for everybody. That's it. In the name of Jesus, if you're already up here at the front, why don't you join us in prayer? In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, there's plenty of room all the way across. Hallelujah. 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 
The Holy Ghost is here right now. If you've got the Holy Ghost, would you start letting it flow right now? Come on.